Brostorm Sports with your hosts, Sasha and Scott Bushka. He's a sports talk show host named Sasha, named after Sasha Radunovich. And Scott's a wisdom-seeking, educated networking guy who works in the sports industry. Featuring intern P, the basement beer pong world champion. So put on your bro coat. It's time for a bro store. Welcome in to Bro Storm Sports. We are back after a little hiatus. I'm your host, Sasha Bushka, joined by my brother, Scott Bushka, and intern P. Scott has been vigorously taking notes all day in preparation for this podcast, and intern P still doesn't know how to use his microphone. What's up, fellas? <laughs> what is up, fellas? Holy shit. I didn't think I'd ever see you guys on this podcast again. I've been, I've been vigorously taking notes all day because I know intern P will not do anything. Yeah. He's still, he's still, after a year off, is not performing any of his intern duties. Yeah, taking notes for two is Scott. So uh, it's been exciting times. Um, obviously, those avid listeners to the pod know that our last one was uh, like March of 2023. Um, and, and here we are again. We're going to get it fired up again, uh, hopefully bringing you weekly episodes to fill your, your podcast needs. I mean, how you guys doing? Intern P, I feel like... Maybe we should play a quick game of questions so you can fill the listeners in on what's been happening. I, lo- I love that idea. Let's- First question, do you still live in Sasha's basement? Uh, unfortunately, I do still live in the basement. Um, <laughs> I am the basement troll, as I like to call me. Uh, I just kind of pop in, pop out whenever uh, you know, whenever I'm needed. I- I'd like to say he's getting closer to moving out, but I, I feel like he's become increasingly less productive as he spends more time in the basement. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to get out. I'm I'm on the on the verge of getting out. So the listeners will be kept up with that, so yeah. Okay. Next question. Have you had any children since <laughs> the last last time we podcast? No. I was going to go with the audible there and say yes, but I'm just going to keep it honest. Uh, I do not want a child right now. I can't even take care of myself. So, um I'm I'm very thankful for that. Have you had any girlfriends since the last time we've been Definitely on Definitely not. Not even close. <laughs> yes. I can vouch for that. Um, just just a few troll, troll mates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few troll mates. Yep, there it is. Sasha, there it is. That is not. We might, we might have to have Owen cut that one out. But, Come on. The listeners haven't been with us in over a year. Well, I, I mean, just <laughs> telling it like it is. You're the one asking all the questions, Scott. All right, I'm done with the questions. Right. Anything else we need to update the listeners on since we since we last talked well, to each other? I can assure you that nothing has changed in my life in the last ten months. Um, just same same shit, different day, of course. Uh, but one thing that hasn't changed is that the Chiefs are still in the playoffs as they were finishing up a Super Bowl the last time we were on the air. Chiefs rolling. I feel like you cannot kill Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I th- I thought Taylor Swift, it was going to be the Taylor Swift curse this year, but we are still alive. I know we're going to get to it later. I'm not going to talk about it too much because I don't want to be accused of being a homer on this podcast, but the Chiefs are still alive. We took a year off and they're still in the AFC Championship game for the sixth straight year. Yeah, I, I, I will ask this question, uh, and I think we're going to get into this a little bit more later, uh, as Scott said. But just in keeping with the theme of past podcast, we, we've gone an entire Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey saga without the opportunity to talk to intern P. Intern P, 
any slides into the DMs? No, she's a little bit too big for my britches there. Uh, she's very famous, a little bit more famous than my past lover, <laughs> Giselle. Uh, I do miss her dearly, though. We uh, She left me on red again, so uh, I haven't really shot my shot yet with Taylor Swift, but maybe I will do that, do that for the fans. <laughs> that would be like uh, a shot. shots fired at the New Heights podcast. Like, hey, Travis, I know what, you, what you're doing over there. But uh, this is the real bro storm going on, and we got intern P firing into the DMs. I got to tell you, I've been, I know we have not been on all, I've been furious all football season because, first of all, Jason and Travis Kelsey stole our idea. We had the idea to be a bro storm podcast first. Um, we just happen to not be professional football players. Uh, I still think that our podcast is better. So I've been furious about that. And then Taylor Swift comes along and just brings more attention to their podcast. And last night, I feel like was a bit of a boiling point where Jason Kelsey is just in all of his glory, like shirt off. And the size of that beer can in his hand just made him look like such a man that I'm like, we got to We got to get back on the bro storm and show the Kelsey's yeah. who's boss. And, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you this. Uh, Jason Kelsey may have had his tarp off in front of millions of people on TV, but that didn't stop intern P and I from taking our tarps off at our watch party. So <laughs> tarps were indeed a smaller off. scale. Tarp is a shirt. Tarps yeah. were off. Maybe we, maybe we can send that picture to James and get it on the Instagram post that announces the bro storm sports. I, I don't know if anyone wants to see that. Um, and also it may, it may drive people away from the podcast versus towards it. Uh, but We'll take it under advice. I don't know, dude. I'm 5% muscle or 5% body fat, so uh, I look pretty ripped with my shirt off. Do <laughs> you, uh, you have any evidence? Of You're that? also like 5'3". <laughs> Not 5'3". Well, maybe 5'3". Five 5'4", five on a good it's, day. It's 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 tough to have that much body fat when you're 5'3". That's fair. I, I, I think it has no bearing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, it's funny, like either Scott or I making jokes about people being short because we're both a solid <laughs> one inch taller than intern P and I probably am the same height. Should we get into some football analysis? Yeah, we can a little bit. Um, we're we're going to get into biggest takeaways uh, from the weekend in the next segment. Um, but uh, I just general thoughts on the season so far from a 30,000 foot view since we haven't been giving the listeners anything this year so far. That's a lot, I know. Jeez, put you on the spot. Put, put I got on the, the, spot, the script Sasha. writer. Go ahead, the script writers really did work this year. I mean, uh, the Rams versus uh, the Lions. You get Jared Goff versus former team Matthew Stafford versus former team. Like the script writers are huge. They're 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 money. All right. So before we before we take a break, and we will here in a minute. What holds more merit? The script writers wanting the first game being the last game of the season which would be the Chiefs versus the Lions, or the logo colors having the 49ers and the Ravens color in the logo. Therefore, they're going to square off in the Super Bowl. Wait, what do you say? Are, are you, you're saying the script writers would want the Chiefs-Lions? I'm just saying it's like, it's symmetry. They played the first game of the year. They could play the last game of the year. You know, bring it full circle. That's kind of how TV shows work from time to time. Yeah. I also think there's a lot, not to be a conspiracy theory, theorist, as I'm, I am not uh, into conspiracies as much as Aaron Rodgers is. Um, 
But I do feel like there's a the NFL would really like to have a Taylor Swift Super Bowl with it being in Las Vegas and have her just kind of like get out on the mic, take the mic and, you know, maybe do a little cameo with Usher at halftime. So I do think there's some validity to that. Yeah. Um, I think it is more. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if the logo colors are a real thing, um, but I will say the Chiefs are red and there's red in the logo as well. Back, back to your earlier point, Sasha, around or your earlier question of just like. 30,000 foot themes for the whole season. The thing that I find interesting is that, and this is, this is like football nerddom, but just the continued back and forth between offensive and defensive strategy. And like this, it feels like a year where you had a lot of defensive coordinators getting really creative, like a Mike McDonald in Baltimore or uh, Steve Spagnuolo in Kansas city. And a, a lot of the, I mean, you you even saw with the Chiefs Bills last night, like a lot of the really high powered offenses that we we're used to seeing put up 30, 35 points a game couldn't do it this year. And like whether it was the Chiefs or the Bills, teams had to slow down and run the football. Um, so I just think it's interesting that the scoring was way down this year. Like if you bet the unders all year, you crushed it. Um, so, you know, defense is fighting back a little bit. Uh, we'll see if that holds up over the next couple weekends. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say that about betting the unders because I saw unders like over under lines lower than I've ever seen before. I there was there was some under thirty. There was like a twenty nine and a half I saw in a, probably a Steelers game at some point because the Steelers love the unders. And there was there was a lot in the thirties, and, and it used to be in the forties and fifties automatically. So uh, it, it was very interesting in that regard. I'll take that silence as a cue to go to break. Uh, on the other side, we're going to uh, get into our biggest takeaways from the divisional round. Uh, we've got three takeaways set for you. You're listening to Bro Storm Sports. Glad to be with you. See you in a second. Having an event that needs amazing entertainment? Hi-Fi Productions is the way to go. They bring their mobile dueling pianos and provide a highly interactive and fun show that's perfect for fundraisers, corporate events, or any kind of party. Is somebody getting married soon? Hi-Fi also provides the best wedding DJ service around, winning Wedding Wire's Couples Choice Award four years in a row. They know how to pack a dance floor. Based in Wichita, Kansas, visit HiFiProductions.net to book your unforgettable event. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports. We're having a good time getting you ready for the AFC and NFC Championship games. But first, let's take a little look back at the divisional rounds. We all have a takeaway uh, from this past weekend. Uh, we saw three matchups. I'm going to start with the uh, the first one off the board for my takeaway. Uh, Baltimore beat Houston 34 to 10, and my takeaway is Baltimore. And and I struggle to say it, but Baltimore looks like the real juggernaut of this playoffs. Like they're the one team that has handled people uh, with relative ease throughout the season. Uh, beat the Niners by a couple of touchdowns, blew out the Dolphins late in the season, uh, blew out the Lions earlier in the season, and Baltimore looks like they should win the Super Bowl. I'm not I'm not here to give a prediction of that yet, but Baltimore looks like the one true juggernaut in the playoffs so far, and that was shown by the fact that they were the only team that won by more than one score this weekend. Yeah, I um, agree. It's kind of hard to disagree with. That being said, I think there's a really big difference between playing a rookie quarterback in his second career playoff game when he's on the road 
um, versus next weekend, you're going to have to play Patrick Mahomes, two-time Super Bowl champion, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. So um, I agree I agree with you, and you're right. I mean, like, you didn't mention that they, they pretty much slaughtered everyone that was a big challenger, including the 49ers. Um, and so... Why I think while I think you're right, I also am a little bit leery that like just because they won 34 to 10 a week ago doesn't necessarily mean that that um, you know the coming week is going to be like that. And and I think the Chiefs present a stiff test. The line would tell you that it's what three or three and a half right now. It's kind of been going back and forth between those two. But in general, I think you're right. Yeah. Like stout defense, stout offense really unique quarterback and playmaker. So they're going to be tough to beat. I think Mike McDonald had a, had a unique plan for the Texans. He's a great defensive coordinator. Uh, I think the difference is, is that CJ Stroud and the Texans, while they've had a great year, once like things started rolling downhill against them, it was kind of like, Hey, we've already had a great year. We're probably not going to win this game. And they just, they just, they just kind of laid down once they were down two scores I think it's going to be a little bit harder to kill off Patrick Mahomes. Like no matter how good your plan is, he's going to make adjustments and figure out a way to score against you. Did you feel, I don't know, at least in that first half, it to me felt like there was a little bit of nerves on Lamar's yeah. behalf. And he was so what coming into this game, he was one in three career in the playoffs. Um, by all accounts, this is the game they should have won. They were a nine and a half point favorite. But it seemed like he was a little bit nervous. They come out in the in the third quarter and get that a good return to the fifty yard line and kind of got rolling from there. And it was it was like a snowball yeah. going downhill. But I think the pressure ratchets ratchets up. This I guess weekend. it it depends on whether you chalk it up to to nerves or rust. Um, but that almost makes it more impressive that they were ten ten at half. So they basically played one good half of football and won by twenty four. Um, but the question is is like. Lamar is going to be judged on whether he can beat win this game against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. So do those nerves come into play again here against the Chiefs? And if you play another bad first half, do the Chiefs take a lead on you instead of just being tied at, at halftime? Uh, it, it's something to to look at for sure. Um, but I I think that um, I, I I think I lost my train of thought. There is what I really think. Uh, <laughs> But Lamar, Lamar's going to be judged on this. Intern player. P would intern P would have bailed you out, but I don't think he knows how to use his mic properly, as we learn in the break. So you're yeah, on sorry your own. About that. I'll, I'll really I need to come in and help you out next time. Uh, that's all me. Hand up, accountability here. That's what we're here for. No, I, I know where I was going with that. There was another team in the NFL that kind of rolled the ball downhill on a lot of people. And that's what made me think of this when you said that phrase, "roll the ball downhill," and it was it was the Cowboys. Um, but then when they were challenged in the playoffs, they lost. Now, I, I think the Ravens are quite a bit better than the Cowboys. But if you get the Ravens into a close game, which I presume this will be, we just talked about them blowing out all of the major contenders um, is so far this season, pretty much. And so if you get them into a close game, is is Lamar likely to make all of the big plays late that you need? Yeah, for, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the other thing about Baltimore, which this is – this is like maybe a no shit comment. Um, but to me, they are an example, just like quite frankly, the Philadelphia Eagles were this year of just how important your offensive and defensive coordinators are. Yeah. And like Todd Munkin made um, obviously a massive difference to that offense and, and the flexibility they're able to have and the adjustments he made at halftime of that game. And, and um, 
Mike McDonald is obviously a, a, a bit of a wizard as a defensive coordinator. He's probably gone getting a head coaching job yeah. in this offseason. Um, we saw the opposite effect with the Philadelphia Eagles where clearly Shane Steichen and um, gosh, I'm blanking on his name, Gannon, Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon, Gannon, who's the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Like one, <laughs> they, they were clearly the brains behind that operation of Philadelphia. And once you took them out, right, that, that team was kind of yeah. screwed. The reason I bring that up is I don't like they have an advantage. The Ravens do on almost every team they play. From a from a coordinator strategy and play calling standpoint, I mean I, McDonald's good, but he's going up against Andy Reid, who's one of the greatest yeah. play callers of all time. Uh, and Munkin's good, but Spags is known for pretty unique game plans in the playoffs and in shutting down Lamar Jackson in, yeah. in the past. So I think it becomes a really interesting game of strategy. Yeah. Feels like we're maybe getting ahead of ourselves talking about next week, but I agree. The Ravens look. They look like a scary team. Yeah, right last now. point on this, and then we can get to to Scott's takeaway. Uh, on the offensive coordinator thing, it's interesting because I think a lot of people thought that Greg Roman was the perfect coordinator for Lamar Jackson because of the, the multiple tight end sets, the fullback sets, all of that, the running game uh, strategy. And I think he was for when he was there with Lamar early in his career. But he was ready to graduate to to a little bit more complex offense, and and Todd Munkins helped him a lot with that. Um, it's it, maybe it's a point for a future show, but it's interesting how healthy Lamar's been and how much better he's played now that he has that contract in tow. Yeah, for sure. Um, one one interesting, maybe this is just wishful thinking by me, um, but. I saw a report earlier today that says that Mark Andrews is is practicing and likely to come back for next week. I'll just be curious to see if that that throws a little bit of a chemistry wrench in yeah. the, into that system when Isaiah likely has been so good. Yeah, and not just likely. I mean, Mark Andrews dominates the targets when he plays. Not to say that he'll do that in his first game back, but like they they've been making a lot of noise with Zay Flowers in their running game and other weapons on the offense. So it is it is just kind of an equation changer for sure. Scott, what's your biggest takeaway from the divisional weekend? Yeah, I, there's a, a lot of different directions I could have gone here. The obvious thing would have been to talk about the game of the weekend, maybe the game of the year up to this point, which was chiefs bills. But I know intern P wants to talk about T swift. Um, so I'm not going to go in that direction. I also really kind of wanted to talk about, Brock Purdy's uh, winning the Kenny Pickett Super Bowl of small hands uh, and just how concerning it is that if it's like slightly raining, he cannot grip the ball. Um, but I'm not going to go in that direction either. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to hit the Lions Tampa Bay game and less so the game and more just about the Lions in general and Dan Campbell. And I don't know if it's a take just so much as like I cannot get enough Dan Campbell content. Um and what I what I mean by that is like <clears throat> it's it's become a bit of a thing these days where um, people show his original press conference right of the biting kneecaps and we're going to take on the um, the the feel of the city et cetera and I don't I don't know if you saw his um, I don't know if you saw his press conference after the win in Tampa Bay but some reporter was like hey your first press conference has become a bit of a meme and people were making fun of you and he was like yeah you were probably one of those people. 
And then he was basically like, I don't give a shit what anyone what like the guy was trying to the guy was trying to ask a question and Campbell basically just scared the shit out of him. Um but I, I just I think in the to me in the world of I think it's so refreshing that in the world of like NFL stats, EPA over value, like everything's about strategy. We just talked about coordinators and Todd Munkin and and um Mike McDonald for the Ravens. Some like football can be a simple game and sometimes it comes down to like culture, attitude, and toughness. And I like to me, like Dan Campbell is it's such an amazing story of like he just came in and completely changed the culture and the attitude of an organization. And you can like see it and feel it every time they're in that locker room and he talks to the team about like what they're doing and how they're playing. Like the the look in in all of those grown men's eyes is like to to be honest with you, inspiring. Yeah. And I know Bro Storm Sports is not meant to be like an inspiring podcast, but uh, yeah, I just can't get enough Dan Campbell. Yeah, I love. I just want to have. I want to have a couple beers with Dan Campbell. Maybe, maybe a couple or twenty. I think it'd be a good hang. And and I, I was gonna say, I don't think you can have a couple. And uh, I, it's like ten minimum. Yeah, minimum 10. ten. He just seems like a guy you'd want to have a beer with. Yeah. First of all, Dan Campbell would drink you under the table, Pete. No, and yeah, me, no one. He'd probably drink all of us um, under the table combined. Um. I, I do want to, I think the unique thing about Dan Campbell is, is like on the exterior and the interior, like there's nothing fake about him, uh, but the toughness, the grit, all of that stuff that he preaches is all true, but that's the surface level. It's not the, all, that's not all he has. Like he, he is a smart football guy, I think. And, and like does know how to build a team and like pick the right guys for his roster along with the GM there. Um and, and like actually uses analytics and quite a bit. Ben Johnson's a genius. What yeah. surprisingly uses analytics quite a bit, and so Dan Campbell's like a smart football guy who also like embodies everything that like football people would want in a football coach. For sure. Yeah. Um. I was. I was. Well, I started to tell you guys during the break. I didn't. I, you know. I, I didn't tell you, but I. Um. After the Cowboys game. He where where they you know they had that that BS um, lineman reporting eligible they got the two point conversion taken away etc. Um, yeah, when I listened to his press conference where he was basically like so furious, but then it was like you know what it's just fuel to the fire. I was like the like I'm taking all the Lions money I can get in the playoffs. I d- I did place a a small wager on a Chiefs Lions Super Bowl which was like twenty five hundred to one. Um, so I, I need road dogs 2, to win to one? next weekend, both uh, or plus 2,500 or 2,500. I, I might be exaggerating that a little bit. Let me look no, it no, up. No, P that's, maybe that's you, like lot. drop something valuable to the listeners and I'll look it up. <laughs> it would, it, I'll, uh, I, I'll I always it. have valuable little nuggets for the listeners. Um, Let, let's, yeah, hear, let's a hear a nugget. Amonra St. Brown <laughs> is electric. Um, he might be he might be the yeah. best wide receiver left in the playoffs right now, and I don't think that's even a controversial thing to say. I mean, he every time he catches the ball, it's like, oh, he might take this to the house. Like he, I mean, yeah, he's definitely better than anyone the Ravens or the Chiefs have, and yeah, I I don't think it's super controversial. I think like Debo and him, but Debo's more of a weapon. Yeah, no, than he, a, like he's a, really a game changer. Receiver. Um, dude, but also Jameer. Jameer Gibbs, like I, people make fun of them for drafting a running back twelfth, and I generally don't agree with drafting a running back twelfth overall. But like that dude, I don't know if you saw that touchdown run he had yesterday 
where he just like once he got through the line and like just separated, you're like he made these are NFL defensive backs. He made all of them look slow. Yeah, it's interesting because there's certain like positions that are valued more highly than others, obviously, and running backs one on the low end of that totem pole. But because of that positional value that's placed on other positions, you can get players at the non-value position like inside linebacker or running back at lower spots than you would have otherwise. So like Jameer Gibbs 20 years ago might have been the second pick in the draft. And they took the uh, the linebacker, uh, Clark, I think is his name. Campbell, sorry. Campbell. They took Campbell at 18. No, 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 and no. like he's been really good for him. Oh, yeah. And people made fun of him for taking a running back and an inside linebacker, but they've been two really good plays for him. And then Laporta, obviously, in the second round. So they hit big on their first three picks. Laporta's done. Um, yeah. Did I say, Pete, did I say, but you said 2,500? That's, that was yeah. the whole deal. You, that's that's, a, things. that's um, pretty good. It, it's it, it was it's plus forty five hundred. Okay. All right, so forty five to one. Six. Yeah, pretty, that's good. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, forty forty five to one. Placed placed on January second after the Chiefs got shellacked by the. It's Raiders. in the Super Bowl or a certain team has to win the Super Bowl. No, no, no. Oh, it's just Chiefs good. versus Lions. That's a good little bet you got there, to get to the Yeah, Super I do like that. that too. You're one game away. Come, you just parlay the Niners and the Ravens money line this weekend, just in case, I, or do whatever you want. I don't care what you do. I know. And then you end up with Chiefs Niners and you get yeah. screwed on both ends. Last, uh, anyway, anyways, uh, how how do the Bucks not take their final timeout with 37 seconds to go? When the Lions were in a position Dude. that it was not like a chip shot field goal to go up two scores, and it was fourth down, so you're, I mean, they're going to take the field goal, but if they miss it, now like you at least have a chance at a Hail Mary. And the Lions screwed the whole thing up, too, because... They were snapping it with time left on the clock, assuming the Bucks weren't going to take their time out. But I was like, Todd Bowles is being smart here. He's going to use it on the last down. So the Lions assume he's not going to take it. And then, boom, take it before fourth down. And he just didn't do it. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was damn near coaching malpractice. Yeah. And like, and I I think in general, Todd Bowles has done an admirable job this year. But I was actually watching that live. And I saw that the little, you know, one timeout highlighted sure. on the bottom of, uh, I think it was NBC's screen. And I'm like, it must be wrong. He surely they don't have a timeout or they would be calling, they would be using the yeah. timeout because they could have, he could have, there would have been like 25 seconds right. on the clock. Well, maybe they missed the field goal. Maybe you can block the field goal. Either way, you get one it play. It was 37 when he took the last knee. Now, the Lions could have ran it down lower, but they didn't. Uh, but that's what I thought. I thought it was genius, like not taking it on first down. Cause then you, you let their guard down, they snap it 10 seconds early, which they did a couple of times. And then you take it on the last down, but he just didn't do it. Yeah. And he made, he made himself look like even more of a dumbass when he got asked about it afterwards. And he was kind of like, game was already over. Like why delay the inevitable? I'm like, dude, it's the playoffs and you have one more chance for a hail Mary or a blocked field goal or something like Mount, coaching malpractice. And they yeah. did have a timeout, right? It wasn't like an air, wasn't a screen air. They did air, have like, one. They did have yeah. it. Okay, okay. They had one that, left. That's the, they were, yeah. that's the only thing I could think of is it was a mess up on NBC's part. But I, I don't know. Todd Bull should be sent to prison for that. So, <laughs> all right, we're in prison <laughs> and coaches. Sent to, sent to prison. Yeah, we're all sending right. coaches to prison. On that note, I'm going to open a Miller Light in honor of intern P. And his mother, Sasha's wife. <laughs> in, in honor of, yeah, those are still left over from when we were there. I'm sure of it. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, intern P, take away from the divisional weekend. Yeah, you guys this know it's going to be brilliant. brilliant. I bring the brilliant takes. Um, I was going to go to the Chiefs. I was going to, you know, stroke the Chiefs off. But um, you guys do that anyways. So I'm not going to do that. He led us um, astray. He told us I, he was going with the Chiefs. I know. I let you guys let you guys. Which, which of the Chiefs were you going to stroke off? Taylor Swift, obviously. Um, <laughs> Seems seems implausible so actually what i want to talk about is the bills future and the josh allen lore um it's been what four years they haven't really performed they haven't done what they need to do stefan diggs is a basket case uh talk about bad wide receivers he was the goat for a little bit and then all of a sudden i feel like he quit he just quit playing football at the end of the season um i'm a little worried because now they're gonna have to pay josh allen and it's just, just gonna get harder from here on out especially with Patrick Mahomes, my boy Joe Burrow, can't forget him. He's still out there. And then obviously Lamar Jackson. Like It's a tough AFC road, and it's only going to get harder. Yeah, CJ Stroud coming up. Have you had any dates? Have you had any dates with Joe Burrow <laughs> since the last podcast? Yeah, just on Zoom. We, we hang out on Zoom a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joe what Burrow, you say, intern P, share women. I have it on good authority. Burrow makes it down to Wichita a lot. By the way, Stefan Diggs did disappear late in the season. He disappeared last night because of Legereus Sneed. Mm, there it is. And that's yeah, why I didn't stroke off he, the cheese right there. I knew yeah, it was coming. It. I knew it was coming. I I don't I don't believe that Legereus Sneed was guarding him on that 60 yard bomb in that exactly. during that last that's why drive, he was, was open. he? <laughs> but he yeah. dropped it. Um he he did disappear. He was he was bad he was bad yesterday he, he like he should have made that when that play happened live i looked at it and i'm like oh that was really good coverage and the and the defender got a hand yeah. on it but when they replayed it he didn't at all yeah. um yeah i'm not wor- i'm not too worried about the bills intern p you're 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 right i don't i think it's going to be tough for them to recover from this the chiefs are in a way better spot to be better in the years to come than the bills are because the the chiefs are a lot younger they've already managed through some of their salary cap issues um the bills have some major decisions but as long as josh allen's there they're going to be good and they're going to be cap hit does go up next year like he's already been paid but it's starting to kick in uh so that'll be interesting uh for sure but it uh, since we're on the the chiefs bills game uh just just to get to one of the bigger plays of the game how did the Chiefs give McCole Hardman the ball in a critical situation? Dude, Andy Reid loves McCole Hardman. I think he, I think maybe, how old's Andy Reid? Late uh, 60s? 66 or five, something like that. I, I feel like someone kind of forgot to tell him that Tyreek Hill left <laughs> and McCole Hardman's not Tyreek Hill. And he he keeps like the plays that he used to run for Tyreek. He just runs for McCole Hardman. And he's like, wait, this dude just fumbles it every time. Don't don't bring um, up Tyreek Hill in front of intern P. He's been trying to get me to admit for a year that the Chiefs are mad that they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. They Which are. They are. Yeah. Cope. You're coping. But You're coping. We still haven't lost in the playoffs since Tyreek Hill. Tell me you wouldn't. Uh, you yeah, we would fine. want him, but what are, what are you giving up to have him, P? Uh, money, like, I guess. Are you, are you not having like Chris Jones, Trent McDuffie, and LeJarius Sneed on defense? Because that's basically what you're looking at. I would give up and George Karloftis. Tyreek Hill. You, you can have at least some of them. You don't get all of them, but Tyreek's worth that. 
in my opinion. Obviously not a Chiefs lover here, but I'm not going to win this argument against you two, so I'm just I'm chilling here. Yeah, it's, I, I don't debate that it would be nice to have Tyreek Hill. Back to Sasha's original point, um, I don't like the call. I think we got too cute when we've been ramming it down their throat with Pacheco yeah. like most of the second half. Um, that said, like, if you're McCall Harmon, you got to protect the damn football. Yeah, it's a McCall um, problem more so than I, anything, but still, like, you didn't have right. to give him the Right, and I, and I listened to something earlier. It's like, just, like, run that play with Rasheed Rice if you want to run yeah. that play. But, um, in it, like, not surprisingly, when that happened, I about lost it in my living room with, like, kids listening to me spout profanities. Um, my wife was not pleased about my reaction to that play. But I thought for sure that was going to cost the Chiefs the game. Yeah. I mean, um, if that play doesn't know, happen, I, I feel it's not even close. Yeah, it's a, it's a 10-point game and, and all the momentum on the Chiefs' side. Um, that game was phenomenal. There's a million things that kind of could have went either way. Fake punt was stupid in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but you know, P, P back to your point, like, yeah, you, the, there's a takeaway of the bills not being able to get over the hump. And then there's just, just the takeaway of the inevitability of the chiefs. And it's like, I like, I know this is not shocking news, but Pat Mahomes is a once in a generation player. Like he's not the goat. But he's the only he's the only person that has a chance to be the goat, and he's really freaking hard to beat in the playoffs. And yeah, I don't know until until you beat him, you can't count him out. And I I feel the same way about next weekend. Like they're dogs, but you know I think he is now nine one and one as a as an underdog in any game. So um, should be a good yeah. one next weekend. Which is wild that, that he's a, been an underdog ten times in like hundred and twenty games. That was a legacy play ahead, for Pete, Demar sorry. Hamlin. Uh, he really wants that comeback player of the year there, so he's like, "Give me the ball. He's ready to go." He really solidified his comeback player of the year with that. Can one. you um, can you imagine like how much how many people would have like made that into the biggest deal in the world if Demar Hamlin picks up that fake punt mm-hmm. fourth down and the Bills go on to win? We wouldn't hear the end of Demar Hamlin, uh, which rightfully so, and he deserves comeback player of the year. Uh, but low key, McCole Hardman like might have saved Sean McDermott his job because if the Chiefs score there and go up ten and then win going away, everything goes back to that fake punt. And it's like, yeah. what do you, might, what he might have lost there? Tyler Bass's job. Yeah, for sure. Um, any other thoughts on the Chiefs Bills? Game game of the year so far. Oh, like those two teams never disappoint. Uh, the interesting thing is, is like the 13 second game a couple of years ago uh, had five lead changes, but they were all within like the last two minutes. And I just felt like some symmetry when the Chiefs scored their last touchdown at the very start of the fourth quarter. Romo said, "Like that's the fifth lead change of the game." And then he also said, "I have a feeling like there might be a stop by one of the defenses here at the end of the game. It might not be last guy with the ball, which isn't exactly what happened." But it was the last lead change of the game uh, when the Chiefs scored that touchdown, and nobody else scored again the rest of the game. And obviously, Bass misses the field goal. If anything, the Bass missed field goal might have just robbed us of like an ending like the 13-second game because maybe the Chiefs go down and score a touchdown and the Bills score one back and we get overtime, and you just never know. The difference is it would have been a tie game yep. instead of like alternating on the threes and fours. And when it's a tie game, it's pretty easy for the team with the ball to just run it out and kick it with no time remaining. For sure. So yeah. let's uh let's bite off just real quick this Green Bay San Francisco game before we go to one more break. Um 
San Francisco won, uh, obviously 24, 21, uh, it wasn't any of our takeaways, but does the game give you pause? I guess is the way I'll frame that as to whether Brock Purdy can help San Francisco win a Super Bowl. Yeah, it it does for me for for two reasons. One, I don't think it it it's been shown all year that if you take away any one of his ridiculous allotment of weapons, he struggles. Yeah. So Debo go, goes out in the first half, and you know he struggled to move the ball. Um, we've seen that happen throughout the year. And the other thing is it like, I don't know if this presents itself as a problem next week, but he, the weather and his grip on the ball and his ability to throw the ball downfield is clearly an issue. And, and I know I'm making the Kenny Pickett joke, which only ages better with time and Kenny Pickett's small hands in the draft. But like, uh, I think he's got an issue with hand size. I don't know about size of anything else, but he, it, like well, according to his nickname, the Cleveland yeah. game when they lost earlier in the year and he struggled. <laughs> What's that? According to his nickname, he doesn't have any other problems. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Big cut, uh, bro. You know, it could be a hyperbole, Sasha. <laughs> uh, what's, what's that? Anyways, what's that? It, like I, I hope it doesn't. I, <laughs> P, you got to get that college degree first, and then we'll talk. Uh, I'll have I'll have my five year old explain okay, it to you. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> um. But yeah, I do. I do have cause for concern. Um, I, there's also an argument to be made that like they got the bad one out of their system and didn't lose. I still think they're an awesome team, but I think Purdy's the weak link. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely. Suffice it to say, he's probably the weakest quarterback left, and you wouldn't have said that about Jared Goff a while. And, and maybe it's close between those two. Uh, but Jared Goff has had a uh, renaissance of his career, and that's going to be an interesting game, to say the least. Um, but the Lions, they have talent at a lot of key spots to try to match up with the 49ers. So I think that's going to be a really good game. Uh, and we will uh, we'll have best bets coming up. Any last thoughts on any of these yeah, divisional games more. before we um, go to break? Christian McCaffrey is so freaking good at football. I don't care. If Brock Purdy's playing left-handed, I think they could win with McCaffrey just being there. He's he's a game changer. He's the best player left. I know I talked about Amon Ross St. Brown, but Christian McCaffrey is the best player left in football right now. Uh, better than Mahomes? I think he if, uh, impacts the game a little bit more than Mahomes. Obviously, Mahomes is a better quarterback. and I mean, yeah, he's a quarterback, so I, I guess it's not a fair assessment. Oh, Brett. Breaking news for the listeners: Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Christian McCaffrey. You're the one that said it. Yeah, yeah. you're the one that said it. So, I mean, I almost feel like you have to put quarterbacks in a separate category than everyone else when you're like, because there's no comparison. And and I I will disagree with him impacting the game more than Mahomes because quarterbacks just by nature impact the game the most. And that's not even a uh, it's not even a referendum on what McCaffrey yeah. does. I just think like this ball is snapped to the quarterback on every play. Um, but there's no doubt Christian McCaffrey is, is the most valuable player on the 49ers. So, um, yeah, uh, it'll be two good games. We've got the lions and the Niners next week and the chiefs and the Ravens on the other side, we'll get into some picks on those games. Uh, we'll give you some of our best prop bets. We'll give you some bro storm picks. You're listening to bro storm sports. We'll be right back.
Welcome back into BroStorm Sports. Uh, coming out of the break here, uh, we're going to get into some of our best bets for the weekend. Um, AFC and NFC Championship rounds coming up um, and lots to look at. So we'll start by picking the game. We'll take them in the order that they occur. So that's Chiefs-Ravens at 2 o'clock on Sunday. And I want to go to intern P first. I want to see where your head's at on this Chiefs-Ravens game. The Ravens uh, at my last check, are yeah, three and a half it's, point it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, especially when Lamar Jackson really hasn't had that much success yet. I, I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm probably going to take a money line and get the extra juice. I, what does that make it, like plus 150 or whatever it, it is? like plus 140 when I saw it yeah, last yeah, time when it's, I took it. It's, it's tough because he will just – he'll take it out of you. You're like, oh, they're going to win. They're going to they're gonna win. And then they don't. The Ravens, plus sorry. I kind of got, now, I kinda got right. lost there. Yes, 150 on the Chiefs. Yeah. Hey, I do I do feel do I get to go yeah, next, go Sasha? Yeah. I do feel obligated to remind the listeners, um, despite intern P's shortcomings and just general lack of knowledge on most things. Um, he he was the best better on Brostorm Sports throughout the 2022 season. And he also, since we've been off. The Denver Nuggets mm-hmm. won the mm-hmm. NBA championship. Yes, they did. And Intern P called out the big case burrito. So I hit a plus he, like, 2,200 on that not to be, he, He's not to be messed with on his betting predictions. Um, I uh, am following along with him here. Earlier in the day, this line was at Chiefs plus three, and I was really torn. When it moved to three and a half, I think it's a pretty easy. I'm taking the Chiefs plus three and a half. I think that extra hook does it like you cannot convince me that this is not a close game um and i feel like if you're going to give the chiefs three and a half get it to within a field goal game feels like it's going to be close either way Uh, i'm I'm not sold on the chiefs winning obviously i'd love them to win and we already talked about my chiefs Lions super bowl bet but i'll ride with the chiefs plus three and a half you're giving me those points yeah i mean you could see it coming down to a justin tucker field goal ravens winning by three it's definitely a possibility or Butker field goal, Chiefs winning by three, whatever it may be. Two good kickers. Uh, breaking analysis here. We're talking about kickers. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to take the Chiefs just because I'm going to take the Chiefs, but the hook is a big deal um, on the three and a half. But the bet I like better, um, it's four, 44 and a half is the over under. I think the, the only way that hits under, uh, not the only way, but the, the main way that that hits under is if the game's a blowout one way or the other, uh, in particular, like if the Ravens were to blow the chiefs out, like 28 to 10, then it hits under. I don't think it ends up being a blowout. I think it's a close game both ways, which like 24, 21 gets you there. That's 45. So I would take the over 44 and a half, uh, because as long as it's a close game, I think that number goes over. Yeah. It's, um, I gotta be honest with you. I was looking at that and I had no idea what to do with it. Cause I, cause, cause I, I think I would lean over and I think you're right. Like, can you, in what world do you imagine the Ravens holding the chiefs to 10 points? Right. Not like I get, I get that they're a good defense, but like it's Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs feels like you're going to get to 10 points. I just, my concern is like you get to a 21, 17 game or a 2017 game, which like the chiefs have played a bunch of those this year. You could see it like kind of slowing down and grinding to a halt. Halt would only would be my only concern. On yeah. The um, 
And, and it, it is tougher because the Chiefs have a good defense too. So the Ravens aren't necessarily going to put up a ton. Uh, but I, I see both teams getting to the mid-20s, or at least the losing team getting to 20, uh, which means the winning team just has to get to the mid-20s uh, for it to hit. So I would lean overs there for sure. Um, yeah. All right. All right. So we're all on the we're Chiefs. All on the Chiefs. So listeners, Matt Ravens. You might want to fade us on that one. Um, Lions and 49ers. Uh, last I saw in DraftKings, it's the full seven. Uh, Niners are seven-point favorite favorites over the lions uh something about saying niners and lions i always feel like i said the other one first it, it sounds kind of the same but 49ers minus seven against the lions just for reference the over under on this one is 51 or 50 and a half depending on what book you're looking at uh scott you want to go first on this one yeah i i uh, again don't know what to do with that over under um i think there's gonna be a lot of points in this game but that's a big number 51 like you you get to 31 20 and it and it's a push so um i similar to the previous game i um liked the niners when it was minus six and a half it moves to seven i think i'm gonna take the lions to cover plus seven so i'm going i'm going lions plus seven uh i think they can move the ball on san francisco specifically i think they can run the ball aaron jones pretty similar back to jameer gibbs had a big day against the Niners last week. Um, I also think the Niners will move the ball and score against the Lions. So uh, my guess is Niners win. I think the Lions can cover plus seven. Yeah, I, I think, and I'll go next here and let P finish us off, but I think uh, it it comes down to what you think about the Niners' performance against Green Bay. It's, were they rusty uh, after a bye week and sitting a lot of guys in week 18 and they're going to come out and play a lot better this week or were they a little tight and then also Debo Samuel goes out in that game he may not he probably won't play against the Lions but do they look better without Debo preparing to play without him versus like he goes out in the middle of the game because Debo's a big chess piece and, and you have sets specifically for him and all that kind of stuff so it depends on what you think about what the Niners do I I don't think the Niners played as well down the stretch of the season as like they had that loss against Baltimore. Uh, They lost week 18. They're sitting some guys, but they had some better stretches earlier in the season. So I'll take the Lions to stay within seven and it to be a close game. Uh, I don't know that they went outright, but on the same logic as Scott without the hook, uh, I, I see the Niners winning, but like to say I, they could win by a touchdown and I still push. I think the Lions is the better bet here. Yeah, the one the one thing that scares the shit out of you about Dan Campbell and that seven number is like you he can you know he can do some wonky stuff like they like I tell you exactly what's going to be happening they're going to be down two touchdowns and Campbell's going to go like they're going to score and instead of kicking the extra point he's going to go for two and miss it and they'll lose which coincidentally is exactly what the Bucks (laughs) did against the Lions this weekend and if they would have made it would have covered the six and a half that that would have fired six and a half. yeah, I know. I know. You can I, you can bet Campbell's going to do something weird this game. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. No, it's it's analytics, but it's just if you have a bet on it, you don't feel great oh, about it. Well, duh. I mean, yeah, th- that's why you bet. That's why you bet for the for the rush there. Analytics uh, expert intern B. Yeah. 
Hey, 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 you don't know. I'm a, I'm a math magician, dude. Don't you worry about me. Okay. So for my <laughs> so for my bet, uh, I, I'm going to go the opposite way. Uh, I really do like the 49ers. I think they're a juggernaut. Uh, I think they're probably going to win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I hope they do. I, I want McCaffrey to get one. I, I want Shanahan to finally get over the hump. I know you guys don't want that. But like I said, McCaffrey, Kittle, I just think they're going to be too much for the Lions to handle this week. And I, I'm taking San Francisco minus seven, especially because it seems like a rat line, in my opinion. I would think the line would be about four and a half. I don't know why it's at seven, especially with Debo out. So I think I'm taking the other side because of how funky that line is. The only reason I would want to see the Niners do well at all, to follow what? up on what, what Intern P said, the only reason I'd want to see the Lions do well at all, or the Niners do well at all, is my co-host on the press box literally talks shit on Brock Purdy constantly and hates him. And so I find myself in the position of defending Brock Purdy all the time. So like a Super Bowl championship for the 49ers would do a lot for for uh, for my sake there. Um, but I, 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 I don't dislike Brock Purdy either. I just don't trust quarterbacks that can't throw in the rain. <laughs> it's just, What's the, is it supposed to, is it supposed to rain? Is, uh, that, is it raining? <laughs> Scott froze up for a second there. I don't think it's supposed to rain. Something, something, to, something it might rain there. at the Super Bowl in Vegas. Yeah, mm. might might need to check your weather forecast before placing your bets on Sunday, yeah. people. Um, just just real quick, I said it might rain in the Super Bowl at Vegas. I know Vegas has a dome. Although some reporter asked Todd Bowles if he was worried about the weather in Detroit, and uh, obviously did not know that Detroit had a dome. So. His, his, I just, I ripped Todd Bowles earlier in the podcast. I loved his response to that question. He's like, he's like, you know, they play inside, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Um, The best thing was how serious that reporter was in asking the question. (laughs) Let's get into, uh, let's get into our props and close this thing out. Um, I've got two. And I'm going to go first here because intern P might like one of the ones I have. So I'm going to make sure I get it out first. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give my first. And then if we have time at the end, I'll give my second option. But I like um, Christian McCaffrey over 37 and a half receiving yards. Um, like, they, it. Uh, like it. They're going to go to him more in the passing game if Debo Samuel's out. And they might have to do some of the dink and dunk stuff, uh, depending on the way the Lions defense plays it. And uh, in, in Aaron Glenn does some different things at different times, but I, I think Christian McCaffrey against anyone's linebacking core is a good bet. And if if they pass to him, and he that could be one catch, like if he breaks one. So I like Christian McCaffrey over 37 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, I like that a lot. Feels like a pretty safe bet. What do you got, Scott? So I was looking at three players. All receiving props. Um, the three guys I was looking at, Jameer Gibbs, Rasheed Rice, and a guy we didn't talk about earlier, but I feel like we should have, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. If MDS has a good rest of the postseason and the Chiefs don't cut his $12 million at the end of the year, I'm going to be real pissed. So I'm just praying for yeah. all passes to go to Rasheed Rice. Yeah. Well, you're gonna lo- you're gonna love where I'm going with this prop. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
Marquez Valdez Scantling MBS over 14 and a half yards. I mean, um, he, like the, the two catches he made at the end of that game or not the, at the end of that game in the third quarter of that game, actually unbelievable. I don't think the chiefs win without him. The rationale is this. Um, Kyle Hamilton's going to guard Travis Kelsey. The linebackers on the Ravens are ridiculously good. The chiefs are going to have to throw outside 14 and a half yards is one catch for MBS. The guy's got some confidence. Mahomes clearly got yeah. some com- Mahomes got some confidence back in him last week, and he's going to make one catch downfield. I guarantee you, the Ravens are going to give the Chiefs opportunities, yeah. and and Mahomes is going to take them, like like he did last week. So, give me MVS over fourteen and a half yards. That's one catch. A couple good. of thoughts on that. Um, MVS had a good playoff game last year, and and a pretty good game against the Bills. So I don't hate that. Um, the the one I had written down other than my McCaffrey bet was Rasheed Rice over 61 and a half. Cause I think the chiefs have just really consolidated. Like w- there's five eligibles on a play, either Pacheco, Kelsey or Rice is going to get the ball unless it's absolutely impossible. And then we'll throw to one of the other two guys. Um, so I like the Rasheed Rice prop, but I, I don't hate that bet with MBS either. Intern P, what do you got for us? Give us some MBS magic. is a, just not a good football player. Uh, He's oh god, just wait, bro. I know, and he might, he might, he, he might not get it. Okay, anyways, he he could, hopefully not for your sake. Otherwise, you'll be sad boy. Um, so for my pick, <laughs> I'm going to the uh, the Lions, the Lions and the 49ers game. Uh, by the uh, sorry, the man Sam Laporta, plus one seventy anytime touchdown. Uh, last game we had nine receptions for sixty five yards. Did not get in the end zone. But he is a target machine. He's getting in the end zone at plus 170. And I'm feeling so confident. Plus 1,300 for the first touchdown, Sam Laporta. Book it. When you win, when you win your bets, please send me a Venmo as I did. Yeah, we'll post intern P's Venmo account in the uh, in the pod nets. (laughs) You don't you don't you don't like Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw shutting him down. Um, they're gonna have to score somehow. They're gonna score a couple times at least. I mean, I mean I'm an analyst here, so uh, Sam Laporta <laughs> anytime touchdown plus one seventy. You don't you don't like the Lions signing Zach Ertz today? Did they really? Sam Laporta missed plus one seventy on the waiver anytime touchdown. I did actually see that, but I think he's on the he's All on right. the practice squad. I don't think he's playing. I don't think he's gonna play this week. But if, obviously, if they win, he'll he'll be active. But I just want to reiterate, plus 1,300, first TD. I'll give you this. Sam Laporta, a better football I'm player than I'm glad we're on NBS. the same page here, Scott. I know we're not a lot of the times, but I will 100% agree yeah. with you on Scott that. Scott also didn't say MBS was going to score a touchdown. So um, <laughs> it's, it's it's semantics, I guess. Uh, you guys got anything else for the for the listeners? First, first time in a long time? Uh, anything you want to get off your chest? Listen, um, A... It's been awesome doing this. It's good to see you guys. It's good to listen to intern P drop some real knowledge on the listeners. B, like I feel bad for the listeners. They've been a year and a half without us and without this groundbreaking analysis and to and and just fine pros from intern P. So um, this has been fun. We need to get it going. We just made some people some money. I'm sure we'll uh, get the bets posted up and see how we do. But yeah. I guarantee we're making dollars next week. Yeah, I'll make one point, and then we'll close out the show. Actually, Intern B, what do you got? I was just saying it's a guarantee. We don't lose bets here. I haven't lost a bet in about two years. So, I doubt that's uh, true. 
I know your I know your rookie's phone number, uh, so I could ask. He lost. Answer. He lost five bets on my couch on Christmas Eve. He's actually not wrong about that one. That did happen, but I I digress. Uh, it, it's fun. I'm glad to be back. I'm sure we're gonna have a lot more content coming out for everybody uh, once we kind of get under our bearings and figure out what exactly yeah. we're doing. So, I'm um, yeah, lots of lots of big news to come from Bro Storm Sports. I will. Uh, close with this. Scott said it's been a year and a half. It's actually been less than a year, but it feels like a year and a half. So we've missed you guys. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing this tonight. Hopefully you enjoy the content, enjoy the pod. This has been the first episode of season two of Bro Storm Sports. We appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>